Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to another session. This is a car car confessional, um, car ride confessional, <laughs> I think is what I'll call this one. Every once in a while, I like to drop these in here. Um, what I come to find is after getting a good workout in, which I did this morning, and then getting in the car and going for a little bit of a longer drive, I always have these really big, like Holy Spirit-led breakthroughs. And I was, and I, I talk out loud to myself in the car to just like process what's going on in my head. Sometimes my things, my kids think I'm crazy. It's okay. It actually provides me with a lot of peace and comfort and uh, gives me a lot of insight for content of what to put on things like the podcast and on social media and in my training programs. And today was no exception to this. So I want to share with you the thought that really started to come through as I was, as I'm driving in the car, don't worry, we're hands-free, and reflecting on just what the Holy Spirit has really put on my heart today. And that is this. One of the things that I talked about in the Destiny Moment program last night, week three, was habits. And I was specifically talking about how the beauty of what coming to Christ really means and how we associate habits, even in a general context, to needing to do things to achieve things. And when coming to Christ, the thing that you come to find is, and equally one of the biggest battles that you will face mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, is realizing and recognizing and constantly reminding yourself that you cannot earn what Jesus has afforded us, what God has gifted us. And that is the freedom of our sins. That in faith alone, by grace alone, you are saved. And that no habit is ever going to earn you a seat next to him. It is never going to earn you access into the kingdom of God. But in your faith alone, in your grace alone, you are saved. And abstaining from your sins, your, your negative habits, your traumas, your trauma-bonded anxiety coping mechanisms, right? And one of the things that we were talking about is how when we come to Christ and John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son for those who, I'm paraphrasing, for those who believe in him, the birth and the resurrection, that you will be saved into the kingdom, right? And again, paraphrasing, <laughs> but please go look up that verse if you have not read it yet. Um, with that being said, we're talking about this and we're talking about how, by how grace alone, by faith alone, you are saved. And one of the things that we really went into discussion about was how we are so conditioned by our worldly ways, by our new age ways, by practices of manifestation, that we in fact have to be doing something in order to achieve something. And God actually takes that whole idea out of the picture and says, no, that's not true and that won't apply and work here. But yet we still have that hat on anyways. Because we realize and recognize that we can't just believe in Christ, sit on our couch, pray to him, and then our bills will just get paid. We can't expect that logically, realistically in life, right? Because your power will get cut off and there won't be food in your fridge because you will also need to go to the grocery store to get food for your fridge, right? So there are things in life that actually call us into action, that call us into the basic necessities of survivalism. And one of those things in this world is getting a job. And then there comes this point where you start to evolve beyond realizing that that's the only thing here to live for. It's like life does not exist just to have a job, to work, to buy groceries, to pay bills, and to just survive. That there is joy that takes place or could take place. That there is happiness. That there is peace and gratitude and 
all these other incredible things, adventure and opportunities and, and in growing yourself and building yourself to become more selfless and not just focusing on what you need to do to survive, but how to improve and evolve yourself so that you can be selfless, your lens of reality really starts to open up and to grow. And so we're talking about our habits. And one of the things that we're talking about our habits particularly is this idea of an athlete, right? And so if you're an athlete, no matter no matter what sport you're in, no matter what you're doing, unless you're participating in the partition, participation award types of athletes, but I'm not talking about those. Let's go like Olympic athlete here for this example, okay? Olympic athletes, no matter their race, language, or creed, or religion, train to be number one, okay? They go into battle to train, to discipline, to create obedience in their mind and body to becoming number one, even though they know they are going to likely go up to other people, or they don't likely know, they know they're going to go up against other people who are in that same frame of mind, who are in that same frame of discipline, who are in that same frame of obedience, and that they are going to have to battle for number one place. But an athlete does not battle and train to become second place. They train to become first place. Now, whether their efforts afford them that position or not is truly up to God, right? Blind faith in God and your obedience and your discipline and just trusting in he will make that path straight for you. And if not, that there's a plan and a lesson in that. And it doesn't mean that you didn't do good enough, but that you really did do your best. Okay, and so with that context, we were talking about how as an athlete in your life, you're training to do the best that you can, but you will never know what the best looks like if you're leaning on your own standards and expectations. Olympic athletes don't just train in a gym running on a treadmill and like hyper restrictive dieting. They watch countless videos and listen to countless audios of inspiration and motivation. Oftentimes most will also lean into their religion, into prayer practices and faith, into scriptures. Um, they will watch, they will study other people and how they've shown up in past races and what their opponents look like. And they will look at their um, mannerisms and how they characterize themselves and how they carry themselves so that they can properly prepare and assess for the battle that they are about to go into. And as we walk through our lives, we often take on this perspective that we have to fix everything. And what happens is, is we're actually operating not from the Holy Spirit, but from the spirit of poverty or from the spirit of idolatry or from the spirit of idolatry or idolatry or idolatry, self-idolization or the lusting or romanticizing after another. And we will do this oftentimes unknowingly. We will do this not realizing that we are in fact partaking in not the Holy Spirit. And so we will do things like avoid getting into scripture. We will think that when we finally get the house clean or we pay off this debt or we achieve this thing that we will have earned our place with inner peace, that we will have learned our place with believing in and trusting in that God is working for our um, greatest favor, that in fact what he has done, we have earned it. But the truth is that you can't earn it, okay? Just like the athlete cannot just earn second place just merely because they showed up and did the work. That it really is in God 
that they have to put their faith. Obviously, I'm not naive to know that not all athletes are Christians, by the way. <laughs> so just, we're going to just say the Christian, Christian athletes. Um, but I digress. Even general athletes, right? Um, we have to understand that that discipline and obedience that we feel convicted to is because of what we are striving for. And as Christians, as we go into our world, we're not trying to completely take ourselves out of the fact that we're going to fall. We are going to fall victim to the ways of this world. We are going to find ourselves leaning on vices and coping mechanisms, drinking and gambling and smoking or um, uh, intercourse or all these other things that we do that we just can't like like there will be times where you will just fall short to those things right and I'm not necessarily saying that's okay per se but what I am saying is that as you are growing in your relationship with Christ and as you are learning to develop yourself in from a higher standard in regard you also have to understand that it is not your standard that is going to afford you the ability to become more Christ-like. It is not your standard that is going to afford you the opportunity to overcome your vices and your traumas and your pains and your suffering. It is not to your standard that you're going to be able to move out of a place of self-idolization and and selfishness into a position of selflessness. It is from a standard greater than your own understanding, God's standards, and what he says that is going to grant you that ability to become more Holy Spirit-led, more Christ-led. And from that place, yes, you can probably hear in the background, I am also filling up gas while I'm doing this. (laughs) You will also come to understand that in your weakest of moments, you no longer have to lean on your own standard. I was sitting at my desk last night um, completing some assignments. I'm honestly so on fire for school and Jesus right now. It's insane. All I want to do is hang out in my bedroom, study school, study psychology. I'm learning so much. It is so incredible. Um, I'm doing so well. I love it. And, 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 And I can see how even unconsciously schooling, education is adopt has adopted principles of religion right the fact that you need to sit down and study and be disciplined to that work right to learn all this information but what are we actually learning it for so there's the gaps and holes of where you know not having a root or a center in the right place can get someone also into the space of idolizing their school right it's so easy for me to get really distracted in saying, oh, I don't have enough time, I don't have time, I'm not gonna get this done. And then I start getting anxious and I feel like I need to you know, do all these other things to make sure that I can get my schooling done and I wanna get better grades so I gotta study more and harder. And then it takes me out of my family and it takes me away from being the present patient mom that God called me to work towards being 10 months ago. It calls me away from being a better wife. It calls me away from serving you guys as a community. Even as I had set up this standard and coming to um, this uh, fourth year of doing the podcast, I can't believe it's been four years, um, 
which is so incredible. You know, this year when I sat with God and I just prayed over what this podcast was going to be and what it was going to evolve into, and it was She is Restored. And I had to think about that because as I set all my own expectations and standards around when the episodes were going to drop and what days I was going to record these things and how they were going to sound and all this kind of stuff, and I needed all these products, I was like, I don't though, because one day I will, one day I'll have an incredible podcast studio and an amazing team that does all my editing. If you haven't noticed, all my um, episodes are raw. They are unedited at this point and I'm perfectly happy with that. And this podcast was this opportunity to share this evolution of how God has worked on my heart, how Jesus has transformed my heart and my mind and how the Holy Spirit is leading me through obedience and discipline and the renewal of my heart and my mind and what that looks like and equally how that can help you on your journey and how you don't have to be lost and you don't have to feel disconnected. One of the biggest things coming from new age was the fact that I felt lost and betrayed and confused. And if you've left new age and you've come to Jesus, you likely feel that way too, because those are genuine feelings. You were deceived. Maybe you even went on to deceive others like I did. And it was really hard. It was really shameful to shed that. And as I came to this year and, you know, God plays, she is restored on my heart. And I just knew that that's what this would be about. That also meant that I couldn't always lean on my own planning and understanding of what I wanted this podcast to look like because this podcast is not about how I, Riley June, am restoring you. It's about how you, she, is restored in Christ, which means that there might come a day like today where I'm driving to Lamont to go hang out with a friend and it's interrupting my plans of studying and it's interrupting my plans of recording and i'm putting together the videos for the bridge program which is for those of you who have left new age and are coming to jesus and feel lost and confused about what that looks like um this is a three module step-by-step program that is going to give you the ability to build your relationship in christ shed the distraction and attachments of new age and come into your ability to grow in a deeper relationship with Jesus. And that might sound complicated, but it really does boil down to three things. And that's what that program is all about. And PS, you can use the code growth, G-R-O-W-T-H, to save $100 on enrollment until the 30th of November. And you will get access to the program December 15th. So I have all these plans. I have all these plans about what I think this season looks like for me. And today as I'm driving, one of the things that I'm like really dead set on is following through with commitments. I wanted to bail on um, these arrangements today. I wanted to just literally stay home and huddle up in my office. And I knew that that's not what this is about. I also cannot get into that place of poverty the spirit of poverty and feel like all the effort I am in fact putting in and scheduling in and the grades that I am getting that it's not enough right it's so easy to get thrown off the path of staying with Jesus because every day we're challenged in some way every day we're in a battle to be number one by our own standards and I have to trust in my effort and I have to keep my focus in the right place and so as I'm going to this um, play date 
And I'm so excited and I'm so lit up now because I'm following through with commitments. And the Holy Spirit is putting this message on my heart, which is changing the schedule of my podcasting. But what I'm trying to explain to you in walking you through this like hectic mental process that I went through this morning is that you will have moments, if not days or weeks or months, where you're leaning on your own understanding of what God is calling you to, of what your life is supposed to look like. And when we are not putting our roots, our focus in the right place in Jesus Christ through scripture, we will get deceived. We will be deceived. We will be dissuaded to follow your anxiety, the spirit of poverty, the spirit of idolatry. You will start to idolize and worship what you are doing or what others are doing above what God is calling you to do. And it's so easy It's so easy to get stuck in that place because then we do things like, well, scripture's not important. I don't have time. Or I know it's important, but I just don't have time. Or my Bible study is important, but I just don't have time. Oh, it's another Tuesday night and I'm just kind of exhausted tonight. It's been a long day. But what's happening is you're operating from a spirit of poverty. And that spirit of poverty takes over and it will convict you because if not the Holy Spirit, something else is convicting you. And New Age really afforded me the ability to be able to discern that and see that. That doesn't mean I don't get swept up in it. I literally walked you through the mental process of me being swept up in the spirit of poverty this morning. But the beautiful thing is that I spend every day in the word and it really allows me to keep my focus in the right place and discern so much faster this importance of what being Holy Spirit led is like. I might not even talk about Jesus with my girlfriend that I'm going to go see. And that's perfectly okay, right? This this connection today is going to be whatever it needs to be, right? <clears throat> but with that, I get to show up my best self. I get to show up with a heart-centered, intentional place and a present place. I'm not worried about, you know, what else is happening or how many more minutes I have or, you know, checking my phone. Like, I actually just get to be present. And a lot of us really forget about that. I did a live today in the Anxious Free Mama community, which you can join for free. The link is in the show notes on holiday anxiety and how we have been hyper conditioned and marketing companies utilize our anxiety. They know us better than we do to get you to shop, overspend, to overindulge. It's an addictive habit. They utilize our trauma and suffering and they play and they weigh on our emotions to get us to spend more, to um, ultimately invoke anxiety because then we feel like we need to buy more gifts for more people or for our kids or for ourselves or we feel like we need to buy them at all or we get um, into this mindset that we need to just get through the holidays. And the truth is that something I shared is you don't know if you or your family members or even your kids, which is a hard one, you don't know if you're going to live to next Christmas, if any of you will. Some of you know personally or will experience, if not know someone close to you who is spending Christmas this year for the first time with someone that they deeply love that they have lost. And though I have not experienced that, And I don't personally, at least at this point, know someone who is going to go through that. I feel so empathetic because we really forget and we get so lost in the distractions of this world. 
and we get so caught up in our habits and idolizing what we think is the best and going through this battle fighting for first place when we don't even know what we're fighting for anymore or against. And then we just have to get through things and we've lost sight of all of it. The purpose of life, God, what Jesus did for us, the fact that this life is so temporary, it is literally, your life is comparative to a grain of sand on a miles and miles long beach. A number of sand, grains of sand that is not even on the spectrum of numbers that could be computed. That is how minuscule your life on this earth really is in the fragments of time. And I personally don't want to find out going to the other side that reincarnation wasn't real and that Jesus did die for us and God did have a bigger plan and that I just chalked it up to my own understanding. I don't want to get over there and find that out when I look at the comparative of my life on this this earth. Now, I don't say that or share that so that you can think that life is meaningless. What's the point? You know, if it really is that minuscule, can I make a purposeful impact? Yeah, you absolutely can. But I want to remind you, or and I want to remind you, that the purpose that God calls us to create impact through above all else is spreading the truth of Jesus. And so when I sat down with this podcast episode, when I sat down with this podcast season and I thought about She is Restored and I looked at the season of my life that I'm in and all the things that I've taken on, homeschooling full-time, my schooling full-time, running a business online full-time with a full, full roster of clients, right? At this point, I'm a team of one. I downscaled when I went through a big change last year and now I'm back in the process of hiring again, which is super exciting. Um, But I also needed to be clear what those roles looked like and just paying someone and not being a financial steward in my home life and in my business didn't make sense just to have someone randomly doing stuff that wasn't also going to fulfill the mission of ensuring that you get adequate value and support. And so as I sat down with all these factors that are existing in my life right now, I really had to think about what is the biggest priority? What is a a non-negotiable? What is going to give me the opportunity and afford me the opportunity to really stay the course and stay spiritually protected? Because whether you want to acknowledge it or not, you're in a spiritual battle. You're in a spiritual battle for your eternity. And that is deadly serious. The wages of this world is our life, is your energy, is your focus. Or I should say the wage of this world is death. There are two things that no matter what religion, creed, race, language, the two truths that exist is that you have been born and you will die. And your eternity is inevitable. And how you're going to spend that is spoken about in one place in the rightful way. And I understand that not everybody subscribes to that religion. But did you know, interesting fun fact, that Christianity is the dominating religion in the world. And it leads by 53%. Now, most of that being Catholics, 
um, some form of Protestant, Lutheran, like Presbyterian, which kind of all really is one in the same of its denomination. Um, and the only caveat that I would say of where religion gets it wrong and doesn't actually like help people to understand the conviction of God is that it's led very much by you need to, um, you need to learn from the pastor in the church. Now I do wholeheartedly believe that we need to have elders. We need to have people who have walked this earth before us that do in fact have that wisdom and knowledge above us about so that we can learn the Bible, right? The beautiful thing about having um, people who have studied longer than us is that we can condense our time of knowing, right? Like you go to school so you can learn something faster. Now with that, with that, most importantly, above all else and above anyone else that you ever listen to about anything, including myself, is that you need to get in the word because you need to, in fact, do the work to learn it for yourself because what you will come to find is that there are also people, if you haven't noticed, there is a war waged on religion because of people actually genuinely getting it wrong. And I really do believe, and the Bible also says, that it is that it is most important for us to build that relationship in Jesus individually. Because when we build it in him individually, when our focus and our roots are in him individually, then everything else about us will begin to change. When I first started reading the Bible, I was reading it like when I read it when I was younger, as a Catholic and I didn't really get it. It didn't really make sense. I was just reading words on a page. And when I came back to Jesus in a biblical fas- uh, fashion, I still wasn't really getting it. The words didn't really make sense to me. But the more I read it and the more my heart and mind became focused on Jesus, the more the words literally come off the page now. They literally come off the page almost like a hallucination. And no, I'm not using psychedelics in this, but that's how much my mind just opens up to what is being poured out on the pages. The reason Jesus talks in parables is because those who have a sleeping mind will not understand. Those who are not awake to the truth of Jesus and what God did for us will not understand. You might come to find that you have a hard time reading the bible it's because your mind is asleep to it you might think you know jesus but you know of him right and i had to sit in that for a while too i thought i knew who he was i just knew of him now i'm not saying you'll necessarily have the words come off the page for you when you read it We all have different ways in which we experience energy. One of the beautiful things that I love about having gone through New Age is it taught me about energy. It actually helped me to be even more convicted in the importance of obedience and discipline of my focus rooted in the right place. Because if you're not serving God and you're not serving Jesus, you're not Holy Spirit led, which means that you're serving a spirit of the enemy, the spirit of poverty, the spirit of the devil, the spirit of demonic entities and attachments, the spirit of addiction. The spirit of idolatry or adolatry, right? And and we don't realize this. And so when we were talking about habits in the Destiny Moment program yesterday, I was talking about how if this is not a habit that you feel is most important above all else, nothing else that you ever strive for in your life will ever fulfill you. 
It can't because you can't take it with you. You can't take your gold place number one medals with you. You can't take your cars and your houses and your money with you. You can't take your children's achievements with you. And the most important thing that we can do is to continue to encourage each other to get into the word. Even our kids. I went to a Christian sermon on the weekend, um, not sermon, Christian conference on the weekend, and it was absolutely amazing how she talked about the um, uniting of family in the gospel and how God uses dysfunctional families. I don't know if you've noticed, but you, along with everybody else, has a dysfunctional family to some um, accord. And how God uses dysfunctional families like Abraham and how they go through rape and abuse and trauma and idolatry and idolatry and murder and sin and victims victimization how they go through all these things and yet because of his lineage Jesus comes a prophecy is fulfilled one that is greater than our own understanding God uses family and dysfunction family to minister to us And so as we are working on ourselves and we're building ourselves to become more Christ-like, if we don't get into the Word and create our disciplines and habits around that, first and foremost above everything else, everything else will fall apart. Everything else will fall apart because we will be leaning on a standard of our own understanding. We will be training in this battle as athletes in our lives against the enemy, fighting for our salvation, realizing that we didn't have to fight. But instead, we could let the Holy Spirit convict us. When God put it on my heart 10 months ago to become a more present, patient mom, he didn't have me making sure I was catching myself in the moment of rage or frustration or anxiety. He didn't have me trying to learn classes or be in this or be in that. He had me getting into the word. And the Holy Spirit convicted me to temper my tongue, to soften my heart, to soften my words, to be more present with my kids. And it allowed me now going into the season where I've taken so much more on to be able to operate from a place where the word and my commitments and my discipline and my obedience is my priority. So that I'm not getting overwhelmed and anxious entirely, entirely, (laughs) completely. I still do. I still do. Human being over here. Hi. (laughs) Um, But so that it's not taking over me so that I'm not worshiping my schoolwork so that I'm not dismissing my children so that I'm not using harsh language against them so that I'm not overlooking my the importance of physical health in lieu of all of it so that my cortisol levels aren't spiking and running the show and crashing my adrenals and causing fatigue and all these other hormonal issues lack of focus lack of attention imbalance So here's what I want you to take away from this episode. You are in a spiritual battle. Whether you want to admit it or not, you're in one. And you're striving to fight for first place. And because you're striving to fight for first place in this spiritual battle, you are likely leaning on in many areas of your life an understanding of your own. That is not of the highest standard. That is convicted in the spirit of poverty or idolatry or addiction or idolatry and you're struggling and you're struggling to have joy in the moments and you're trying to get through another day or another moment or another season or another holiday and you're struggling to be intentional and you're struggling to have presence and you're struggling and you're struggling and you're struggling my friend you are restored in Christ alone <laughs>
get into the word. Turn off this podcast, even as I say this, and go get into the word. Because everything that I have shared and everything that I will say and everything that everybody else around you tells you will never measure up or create or offer you the inner peace. Like the conviction, obedience, and discipline of getting into the word every day. I don't even want you to join the bridge program until you just simply start with getting into the word for yourself. Even in the bridge program, we are going to talk about, and I am going to encourage you on every single lesson to start with the word. Because even everything that I share and everything that I teach from a psychological standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a uh, just awareness standpoint, it will never make sense to you and you will never truly get it and adopt it until you get into the word and you rise up your standards of how you're living your life. And yeah, that might mean you need to clean up your house and clean up your eating and clean up your language and clean up how you speak to people. But you're not going to do it overnight either, by the way. It's going to take you a lifetime. You are in a battle against the enemy, against the spirits of confliction, contention. But in Jesus, none of that exists. It doesn't mean you're not going to be absolved of that completely, but that you can abstain from it. And you can catch yourself in the moment because you will be convicted in the Holy Spirit. And so over time, everything will change. Now, I get on the the treadmill five to seven days a week. Most days, it's six to seven. Or most weeks, it's six to seven. And I do my schoolwork. And I create that space. And in the mornings when I get up, I read my Bible. And before I go to bed, I read the Bible. Well, actually, I have the Bible read to me. I fall asleep with my audio Bible reading to me. And I get that time in, that disciplined time in going through my schoolwork. And I sit with my kids and we do homeschooling. And when they're yelling and freaking out and having fits, I know when to take away privileges and lean back into discipline and obedience. These things are so important because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if your focus is always rooted in you trying to get through things, You're going to be operating from a place of needing to earn salvation. And salvation is not something that can be earned. So my friends, put your perspectives in the right place today. Get your heart on fire for Jesus. Because it will be the thing that affords you betterment in every other area and aspect of your life. I love you. I hope this episode really convicted you to get into the word. I hope it really painted the perspective of what is most important in life and also what is most purposeful in life. I don't set out every day in psychology um, to obviously preach the gospel, right? Like that's a conviction that's on my heart to help people in, in other ways. It also helps bring more language and education to how I help you through She is Restored because there are so many other faucets to living truly a Christ-led life, a faith-led life. And yes, the word is, is absolutely the most important of them all. There are so many perspectives and experiences that go intertwined with that. Your, your walk with Jesus is so unique, but God's structure and standards are the same for every single person. So I love you. I hope this brought insight to you today. I hope this brought conviction on your heart. And I hope this also brought you some inner peace to know exactly what to do as you move forward 
in growing your relationship in Christ, becoming more Christ-led, and breathing what God calls us to do into this world. I love you. Have a wonderful day.